Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen, and today I have back with us our guest, Courtney Clark from last week. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks for having me. And today we are having her back to unpack a subject that I'm really excited about to talk about. I'm personally really challenged and convicted about. We are going to talk today about how to teach our children to love and to see differences in people, whether that be race or whether that be handicaps or whether that be someone that is raised in a different type of family from you, but to see all types of people and to love people the way that God has designed and the way that he loves us. That's the gospel. And so I think that this subject isn't really talked about enough. And Courtney is someone that I really look up to about this subject. Her oldest two, as she shared last week, Olivia and Judah, are both black. They were adopted into their family. And so because of that, Courtney has just really been someone that I look up to because she is teaching her kids about this subject, not only about races and differences in color, but just about all types of people, how we can love all people. And um, we know that kids are curious, right, Courtney? Yes. And so they're going to ask a lot of questions. And so today we are going to ask some questions. We are going to share some things that might help you when these moments arise, because we know that it's good to be prepared when it comes to things like this or subjects that you might not know a lot about. And I feel like I fall into that category. So I've really learned a lot from Courtney just preparing and things. So Thank you so much, Courtney, for joining us today. Of course. Um, I think before we start, I just want to say up front um, that these are not things that I knew just instinctively. Um, I think I, I grew up in the South. I grew up in a Christian family, but race was not something that we talked about. My parents did a great job of exposing us to lots of different cultures. We traveled a lot and those kind of things, but we really didn't talk about race. And so because of that, when we first adopted our oldest two children, I quickly realized that there was a lot I needed to learn. And so I am extremely grateful for so many um, black women, black moms who have gone before me, um, who have been willing to allow me into the vulnerable and the hard to see um, what it was like to raise black children and how I could do that well, but also the things that I needed to be doing to prepare my two white boys for the world as well. Um, That these were, these were topics that I needed to be talking about. I needed to be having conversations with them so that they were able, they are able to grow up um, and see the worth in, in all people, no matter the color of their skin. Yeah, absolutely. And I know something that we talked about, just kind of getting the ball rolling, just 
even thinking about what this podcast could look like today, I told you that I had heard from a lot of moms the phrase or had read in a lot of blogs, like the phrase colorblind, like we want to be colorblind. We want our kids to love everybody the same kind of thing and how we unpacked that. And we're going to share today that that's kind of a a naive or in the dark way of thinking about it because kids are going to notice. They are going to notice color. Your kids are going to notice that some of them are black and some of them are white and they're brothers and sisters. You know, like it's just, it's an obvious thing. And it's something honestly to be celebrated. It's not something to try to, you know, sweep under the rug and just say, you're supposed to love all people the same and just tell your kids that and give them no explanation. You know, I told you like one thing that I really wanted to walk away today, even personally knowing is like how to best get rid of that colorblind mentality and, Talk to your kids about color. Talk to your kids about differences and handicaps and all those things and learn how to celebrate them the way that the Lord loves them. And so um, I'm just really excited about kind of unpacking that. And Courtney and I went through a tornado together, an F4 tornado in college. Um, I had shared last week we have known each other since college. And she shared a really good example just about being prepared. Can you share that with them so that they kind of know up front? Yeah, I think, um, okay, so we were in this tornado together. Um, I developed some PTSD afterwards, um, which I think a lot of people can, can kind of understand if you've been through a traumatic experience like that. And, um, for me now it's been what 12 years. Um, as a mom, the thing that I want to do, I don't, I don't freak out anymore. I'm not panicked all the time, but I want to be prepared. I want all my kids to have shoes on. They have a backpack with a flashlight. They have activities to do while we're sitting in the basement. I have all their birth certificates. Like this is this whole routine that I do when I know that the weather's getting bad and it may not change the outcome. There's still very likely could be a tornado that hits our house. Um, but it helps me to be prepared, um, to do everything I can to keep my kids safe. You know, they know the weather's getting bad. Go get your bike helmet. Um, that they know this routine. I know this routine and it helps us to be prepared. And I think there's so many things in parenting and being a mom that just a little bit of preparation, um, can help us think through. We all know that there are certain things that are coming. Um, you know, I have a seven-year-old daughter and I know that as she gets older, there's going to be conversations that we have to have, um, just about life. But, but I need to be preparing now when she's seven for me to be able to have those conversations with her when she's 10, 11, 12. And so I think those same kind of things can happen in so many different ways. Um, but even with the topic of race and how do we talk to our kids about that? I think as we're prepared as, as parents or as moms, then we're able um, to help communicate a lot of these hard topics effectively to our kids. Absolutely. I love that example. And so you even shared with me as far as not only when moms aren't prepared, but if we don't prepare our kids, right, for to know this information they're naturally, they're kids. They're just going to make assumptions, right, about what they 
what they think because they haven't been prepared or they haven't been told or informed about things. Right. And you had a, you had like a really good way of putting yeah. that. Well, I think before I even get to that, I just want to say like, I think as, as Christian moms, as people who love the Lord, our goal in parenting is what Jesus said was the greatest commandment to raise kids who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second piece of that is to raise kids who can love their neighbor as themselves. Um, but I think before, I think, I think as we're teaching our kids to love their neighbor, we have to teach them to see their neighbor. And we need to see the whole person. We don't see, when you say see your neighbor, you see the color of their skin, you see um, their strengths and their weaknesses, you see their life experiences. And I think so many times, um, especially as white people, we, I can say, oh, racism doesn't exist because I don't see it. And it took me having black children to realize that the racism has been there the whole time. I was able to ignore it when I wanted to, but there are so many people in our country and in our world who can't ignore um, the things that go on around them. And so, and so teaching our children to love their neighbors well means that they see their neighbors, they see their neighbors' experiences, good and bad, and they, um, they can validate them. They know to say, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that you had that experience. I'm sorry that that made that mm -hmm. made you feel that way. Um, we have, we've taught our children to see the worth in other people and to see the worth in their experiences. And I think that, um, that gives our kids, I think that allows our kids to love people in a gospel centered way. Um, which is ultimately what we want for them. Um, and I think like you just said, Mal, like there are so many times when we don't connect the dots for our kids. We don't expose them to enough information. And so they can um, fill in missing pieces. Um, they make assumptions on their own. And so um, this is an example that I have, but there's a, there's a popsicle shop that's down the street from our house. And we go there often. I can get everyone a little treat for under $10. So it's great. And um, it's owned by a family from Iran. And so we've had lots of conversations as we've been in and out of this popsicle shop often um, about their clothes that might look different than ours, their head coverings that might look different than ours. Sometimes the shop is decorated for holidays that we don't celebrate, those kind of things. Um, but if I don't show my kids anyone else from Iran, then they're going to think that people from Iran make and sell popsicles, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> we don't know, <laughs> know that there are people from Iran who do all kinds of different jobs. Um, but yeah. if my kids only experience is this popsicle shop, then they're going to take that and take it to the broader population. And I think that's true of so many stereotypes. We get stereotypes that only, um, men can do a certain job or only women do a certain job or only Hispanics do a certain job or only, um, you know, people, 
from wherever do this certain thing, um, we're really limiting people as a whole. Um, we're limiting what people, their strengths and their weaknesses are, and we're not teaching people or teaching our kids to see people as individuals, um, that are created in the image of God. And so I think one of the things, um, that has been most beneficial for us is to start a lot of those conversations with our kids. And one of the ways we do that is with books. Um, and so showing them, books that have diverse characters in them. We talk a lot about, um, I guess, like biographical kind of books, Um, a lot of books about um, a different person who did this and look at, you know, this awesome thing that they did. I have, um, one of my boys loves space. And so we talk a lot about, you know, different astronauts or different people and how they got there and their life experiences and that kind of thing. And so they're able to see astronauts don't just look a certain way. They're not just men or they're not just women. They're not just white or they're not just black, but they can be all of these different things. Um, and, and this is something that all of these people are good at and, and are able to succeed in. Yeah. And something that you told me too, is like specifically with the whole having conversations with your kids you know, just making them aware, having books around the house and things about different types of people, different places, and even getting specific to our children's Bibles and the things that we talk to them about from lessons at church to biblical lessons at home, our storybook Bibles, all those kinds of things. You know, something that you encouraged me with, I know, is to make sure that Jesus is not always like white with, you know, blonde hair or brown hair and blue eyes and, or, you know, that he looks a specific way. Are you <clears throat> jokingly were saying like with Christmas, just in the rear view mirror, how, you know, there's not just one black wise man, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> and you, and you were just like encouraging me to like really look. And since you said that I have, and a lot of the Bibles that we read, you know, they are that way. And I've really started to take notice to that. And I don't, I haven't really ever thought about like, how is that communicating these Bible stories to Jake and James, you know? So share a little bit about that. Cause I know that I have really started to examine and pay attention and it's just not something that I'd ever thought about before. I think when, when you're, um, talking about Bibles or, or, or different things, there's kind of two different pieces to that. One is like, what is historically accurate? Um, you know, like I, I have not traveled a ton around the world, um, but what I have traveled, um, most people who are from um, the Israel a Palestine type area aren't blonde haired and blue eyed. And so uh, we know that's where the Bible was set and they're going to have um, kind of a cultural, um, there are certain looks that come with people from that area of the world and um, it's not, it's not blonde. And so um, I think, you know, just in, in all the stories, not just what does Jesus look like, but um, I was looking at this book that um, we were cleaning out like a, my great grandmother's house and she had some children's books and like this 
Christmas book had this blue eyed baby in there. Um, and I was just thinking like, there's no way. Um, and so I, I think that one, like it's not historically accurate. Um, but two, there, because there are so many different cultural things involved here, we don't want to imply, um, that in, like the, the story of Jesus, I think about this picture, the story of Jesus, um, calling the little children unto me, um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of pictures where only the white children are being called unto him. Um, he says, let the little children come to me. And like the picture that goes along in the storybook Bible is a bunch of blonde children. Um, yeah. And and that's not accurate. Like that's not what the, that's not what heaven's going to look like. It's going to be filled with right. a lot of different people who look a lot of different ways. Um, and they're not going to be from one country. They're not going to be from one ethnicity or one race. Um, and so how do we, start showing our children that the gospel is for all people, that Jesus came for all people, um, but also that he um, he was born in a specific part of the world. And the stories of Noah and Jonah and Paul and all of those things um, were not set in America or <laughs> anywhere else. And so I think it's appropriate for them to have the correct um, look to them. So there's a few um, books and, and Bibles and things that we have um, used. One of them is called the Tiny Truths Illustrated Bible. Um, and there's a book series, the very best Bible stories. And it has some really cute stories, Noah and the very big boat and Jonah and the very big whale and Daniel and the very hungry lions, those kind of things. Um, but they um, have pictures that just look and reflect the people that would be present in that time, um, which I think is huge for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know that you have put together even a list of resources of books um, that your family, that you personally own, that you know would be great conversation starters and devotionals and things like that. Uh, one you said was God made me unique. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a series of books. Um, there's one God made me and you God made me unique um, that, that talk about um, lots of different like they talk about race. They talk about um, disabilities or um, people who are differently abled. So there are lots of different things that we can start exposing them to, to have those conversations um, with them. And I think, like I said, being prepared, sometimes having those conversations outside of seeing someone um, may, be, may be helpful for your kids to prepare them for something. Um, I know we've all been in those situations where our kids have said something that we wished that they would not have said. Um, <laughs> whether it's at the grocery store, <laughs> church, or wherever. Um, and so I think part of it is kind of preemptively having those conversations in the same way that we do about so many other things. You know, like we don't wait to talk to our kids about not getting in the car with a stranger until after they've gotten in the car with a stranger. You know, like we want to have that conversation ahead right. of time to prepare them for how they would respond in a situation. I think the same thing is true the conversations we have with them, but also kind of the conversations in our own head, um, how we're prepared. Um, I had a mentor tell me one time, we've, we've taught kids that they were supposed to just say no when there were drugs, but we didn't teach them how to say no. 
Um, yeah. And I felt that in a real way growing up. Like I knew Red Ribbon Week, we were supposed to just say no, but I didn't necessarily know how to. Um, that was never really a conversation. And so I think thinking through for me, how do I answer that question when it comes, when one of my kids asks me, normally they're like screaming it at the top of their lungs, I'm embarrassed. And so how am I going to answer their question? Um, we, um, you know, like it's fairly common, I think, to see someone who's in a wheelchair or something like that. Um, my kids were in a store and, and saw someone who was blind and was walking with a cane. And there were lots of questions about why they were doing that. And so I think having some some answers ready that you're able to give very quickly um, of, hey, that person has a hard time seeing, so the cane helps them to not bump into something. Um, you're not embarrassed right. by it. You're not shushing them. You're not giving the impression that they've asked something wrong because that's very easy to do with a toddler or an elementary school, you know, student. Um, answering the question and also saying, "We'll talk a little bit more when we get to the car, and I'll answer any questions that you have." It doesn't have to be a long conversation, um, but enough to to give them an appropriate answer, a respectful answer, um, and an answer that if it's heard by the other person shows them that you're not embarrassed by them. You are, um, you are valuing them and who they are as a person, as an individual. And, um, and you want your kids to value them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll just say and add to that, like I've experienced this exact same thing. And I've noticed that if you, like you're saying, if you shush them or if you look nervous or panicked at this question, the questions that will come because kids are curious, you know, that can teach them. It could teach them to fear whatever it is that they're asking the question about, or it could teach them that, oh, that makes mom nervous. That should make me nervous. Or, you know, or I've made mom mad. I don't need to ask questions like this again. And so I do think that that's really important, the prep work in having conversations, but also like I need to do a better job personally, like myself, about just being prepared for these specific types of questions so that Jake and James don't see like, oh, mom's nervous being around this type of person or she doesn't know what to say so I shouldn't ask this question again because kids are so perceptive you know like they pick up on stuff you know I remember one time Olivia had been learning about Martin Luther King in kindergarten and or maybe even before then um but he in most of his pictures he's wearing a suit and so he's you know obviously or kind of looks like an older man wearing a suit. And so we were at the store and she saw an older man in a suit, older black man in a suit. And she said, mommy, is that Martin Luther King Jr.? Like so loud. Um, and, um, and so it was just this, like, I mean, he looked at me, the man looked at me and he laughed and I was like, no, it's not him. It kind of does look like him. He's wearing a suit, isn't it? Like, like the picture you have. And, um, and so she was able to like, like we both laughed because he knew the absurdity of the question, but it was a very like innocent (laughs) child. Oh, this is the picture I have in my book. In every picture in the book, he's wearing a suit. So I see an older black man wearing a suit and that's the assumption that I'm going to make. And so I think, um, I think being prepared to answer those questions to, to validate 
the other person in that situation, but also to validate our children that that's a fine question for them to ask. They're going to be learning. They're going to be processing information. Uh, they're going to be figuring out, um, you know, what's right and wrong in the world. And so we need to help guide them through that. Um, so I think our response um, just gives them so much. We want to make sure that our response is building up our children and building up other people. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, for sure, just from your own experiences, you shared with me, you know, being a white mom to two black children that kids ask you, you said like at church or at school, are you their mom? You know, so you know that people, kids are going to ask questions like you already experienced that personally. And I'm sure it makes you kind of chuckle or smile because you've probably been asked that multiple times. But the innocence of a child's question, you know, that's what we should see it as. It's it's innocent. They're just making, they're trying to learn. They're trying to make an assumption. And so what we're talking about is so important in the way that we respond to them um, because they it really is going to shape the way that they, you know, the way that they see us viewing other people and loving other people and then in turn the way that they're going to do that. So and I think even at times the opposite is often true. Um, you know, my, my kids are seven and six and they have both already had instances where someone has told them that they did not want to play with them because of the color of their skin. And that, that takes away the innocence of the other child in a lot of ways, because that behavior is learned. Um, that other child has somehow decided, my guess is based on their life experience, that um, people with darker skin are not worth playing with. They're not the preferred playmates to them. Um, whatever it may be, they have learned that behavior by watching either other children or the adults in their life. And so I think we have a responsibility to, um, to be teaching our children by our words, by our example of the people that we're hanging around, um, by, the by, by the people that we're willing to associate with, that, that everyone is worth being friends with. Um, because I think the children who have said something like that to my kids, my guess is either they're not around people of color very often, um, so they don't have any experience with it. They don't see their parents hanging around people of color, and they don't, or there has been something said by an adult in their life that has made them feel like a person of color is not, not worthy to be around them. And that's just not true. And so I think we have a responsibility as adults, as parents, to be making sure that we're leading in an example to our kids of how we love other people. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. But it, it's it's good to be said out loud because yeah. a lot of times I, I think that we kind of just, like you said, just brush it under the rug. We don't think about it, you know. But I've definitely really been convicted and challenged by all of it myself. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, so I think my takeaways for today would just be that 
we want to raise our kids to see the value in all people, to see people as God sees them with worth and dignity, um, that they are all made in the image of God. I think the other side of that, as I am raising black children and white children, is that I want to teach my white sons to be ones who stand up for injustice. I want my white sons to be aware enough of the world around them that they are able to see injustice when it's injustice when it happens, that they are able um, to articulate it, to stand up for someone when they need to be stood up for. Um, I shared earlier some examples of how um, people have just been unkind to my black children and told them they didn't want to be, they didn't want to play with them because of the color of their skin. And I want my white sons to be the ones on the playground when they see that happening, who can say, I know they said that, that was mean, but I want to be your friend and I want to play with you. And I think ultimately that's what we want for our kids is we want our kids to love others as Christ loves. And we have to, to put in the hard work to teach our kids um, not only the worth in other people, but how to show that love to others as well. Yes, I totally agree with you, Courtney. And I just really appreciate you opening up your heart. And I know that it is a subject that you're passionate about, but it's also a vulnerable subject because you're talking about, you know, your, your family specifically. And so I just really appreciate you sharing your wisdom, um, on teaching our kids to love all different types of races, but more than that, loving all different types of people. Like we've really talked about today because God loves all people. And it's just such a crucial subject for us as Christian moms to be pouring into our children that we're living it out and then that we're pouring it into our kids. And so I really hope that everyone listening, that you have been um, challenged and that you have been encouraged because Courtney has given us some practical ways that we could do this. And she mentioned earlier several books and resources that she personally uses at home. And I will be sure to make those available in the show notes on faithful31moms.com and also on social media when this podcast releases. Because remember, you can't teach your kids about the Bible or about these other topics unless you are prepared. You have some stuff to show them, to share with them. And more importantly, that you are personally studying your Bible and that you are personally living out the things that you are teaching them. Kids, they can spot a phony from a mile away. That's one of the things that I love the most about them. They know if you are practicing what you preach. And so be a person of your word. If you want to commit to this, if you want to teach your kids about different races and loving all different types of people, then you need to be doing that yourself. And so I just really am so challenged today by this. And I hope that you all have learned something. Courtney, thank you for sharing with us and just for being with us again this week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. 
And thank you all so much for listening today. And don't forget to go follow us everywhere on social media at Faithful31Moms. Uh, check out Faithful31Moms.com for those lists of resources that Courtney shared. And subscribe to our Faithful 31 Moms podcast. Um, we would appreciate your um, your comments and your ratings. That helps us out so much. And maybe leave a comment about what you thought about what Courtney talked about today or about another subject that you would like to hear about that you need to know more about so that you are able to teach your kids about it. But I hope you all have a wonderful and a blessed day and join us back next week. Faithful 31 Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, faithful31moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's faithful31moms.com.